This weekly podcast inspires you to step outside of your comfort zone. My name is Zakir Muhammad, and I'm your host of the Living Legacy Podcast. I am a cancer survivor, brand cultivator, strategist, author, and world traveler. This Living Legacy Podcast features women of purpose sharing stories of resilience. They are single and married. They are artists and entrepreneurs who run businesses and juggle parenthood. If you are ready to hear interviews about professionalism, entrepreneurship, travel, life, and love, you are in the right place. They will share stories of how they overcame adversity while seeing life through a different lens. Let's get into it. This episode is sponsored by Focus Media Group, founded by Zakir. We focus on a social media of entrepreneurs so they don't have to. We understand the frustration of the ever-changing algorithm. Let us help you with your Instagram growth, business strategy, or branded services. Visit focusmediagroup.com to learn more. That's focus with a P-H. P-H-O-C-U-S-E-D, mediagroup.com. Welcome to another episode of the Living Legacy Podcast. So this is a fun series that I started where I highlight Muslim women of purpose who share stories of overcoming adversity with resilience. So I've had... Imani Bashir already on here, and she's been amazing of telling the story of how she went from sports broadcasting to marrying overseas to now just continuing being a journalist and a world traveler. And I've also been able to share my story. I shared my story of how I came into Islam, how my parents converted. So if you are new to the Living Legacy podcast, be sure to take a listen to that in episode five, where I had an interview with my dad. So we talk with him about the male perspective, and we talk with him about how he first converted to Islam, because it was through my mom and dad that I became a Muslim. I was born into the religion. So today's guest is actually a mutual friend of my childhood best friend, Asia, who I actually interviewed in episode 20 of the Living Legacy podcast. And it's Khadija Abdul-Aziz. And she is a motivational speaker, author, and social media influencer. She literally started from the bottom, now she's here. So her childhood has been so rough from the beginning. She is the second oldest of 12 children. So imagine all the childhood trauma as well as the good and the bad time. So she was raised Muslim, her parents converted, and through life's greatest, you know, roller coaster ride she found herself before losing herself so she had to learn how to love herself the inside of herself first before she can embrace the beauty that is her as a woman of course we all have that phase where we become rebels we want to be young wild and free and she takes what she learned and shares and gives experiences on her podcast makeup for your soul beauty which is actually of the same name of her book, her recently published book. And she is like me. She's an empath. She's very sensitive and in tune to others' emotions. She is also a member of NAMI, which stands for the National Alliance of Mental Illness. So just like me, she also had to juggle between wearing a mask and covering up her emotion, covering up her beliefs, and covering up how she really feels and what she really wants to say. And Today, we're going to talk about all of that. We're going to talk about why she started Queen Demotivation in 2018, which is provided 
to service women and empower them to love themselves and embrace their own crown and queendom. So she's lived in DC and New York, and she's currently based out of Atlanta. So let's give a warm welcome to Khadija. Peace be with you. How are you, Khadija? I'm doing amazing. I had a great start today. Morning routine went really well. If my morning routine goes really well. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for being here. I know this is your first um, podcast run for your book tour. So I'm honored that you chose me. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Like, this is so exciting. And, you know, and yeah, like, thank you. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for being my first, you know, get me out of, you know, into the world and out of my comfort zone. So I appreciate it. You're very welcome. So uh, let's talk about, let's find out more about who you are. How did you become a Muslim? I became Muslim. Well, I was raised as a Muslim. That's one. So I don't really consider myself really becoming Muslim until later on, but I was raised as a Muslim. Um, And so, and it was very, very, very strict. And it, it just never empowered, the way it was taught for me, it wasn't empowering let's just put it that way and so what I like and it's crazy because I knew so much knowledge and when I decided to leave it people were just like like how even me I was just like how could you when you know so much you know you were taught a lot and stuff like that and I decided to leave because it just wasn't empowering for me and everything in my life has to be empowering for me to take it on or I feel like I'm just following something that's not who I am and so if it's not empowering even when it comes to jobs now if it's not empowering who I am I can't take it. I can't be around even people, everything. And so religion was one of it. It wasn't empowering at the time. Um, and I had so much creativity that I want to express as a Muslim woman. And it seemed like it was just shunned, looked down upon. And so I just, I just had to leave it alone. Um, and, and so you, said you, were that about, was, you were about what age with this? Yeah, that you first... I was, that had to be around 19 years old, 19 years old when I just was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just broken. I feel like, you know, this is not for me. None of this is empowering. I, I just got to leave it alone and, and figure out what I really want to do. And so that was around 19. So it was like 19, 20, 21, 22. I say around like 23, 24 is when I decided to start coming back into my, the religion and, and spirituality and started really trying to figure out what it is that, that I want. And that was because like, I really just like kept going further and further and looking for something that I just not was not getting with people or within the world. Like I just wasn't. And I think for me, it really was that, that love because we're infants, as we said, we, we, we understand what it is to, to give people that the emotions they need in the moment when they need it. But people don't understand that. Like they, and when we give it to them, we're, we're depleting ourselves of it in, in a way, you know what I mean? And so when it's time for us to get it back, we're like looking for it. And I think, honestly, I think infants only get that type of energy from a lot because it's really hard to find, you know what I mean? Um, with this, yeah, and so we're gonna get it in our prayers, and I think that for me, I, I was chasing that 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 energy, that something that I just wasn't getting when I was giving it out, and, and it was just depleting me, depleting me, and that's when I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, you know, my parents was all bad. They always always taught me if you don't do anything else, pray. So I I, I was like, you know what, one day I, I think you know, and this is when I was just like still partying no hijab just just do live my life just in the studios doing music that wasn't good just living Atlanta lifestyle and then that's when I was just like you know what I'm just gonna pray uh and I just pray I don't even know what slot it was I didn't even care I just prayed a prayer and um I think from there 
I was able to just be myself again, express how I feel. Like, because it was so long, like you said, we, we take away our expressions and our self-expression. And for once, I was able to just express myself how I felt for the first time in a long time and just really connect with a lot. And then from there, that's when I knew that it felt good and I wanted to continue to figure out where it was. But from my perspective and, and who I was as a woman. Yeah, I love that you shared that um, <laughs> because I, too, was, um, I think it was age... 18 for me. Um, I have been blessed to go to a few countries, but most of my out-of-country trips, I was the only one, the only Muslim, the only African-American. So by the time I got, I was 18 and I was blessed to go to uh, Ghana, West Africa for a two-month um, volunteer trip. And Ghana is predominantly, well, half and half at this point, but Muslim country. So that was my time of at night, sure, I would go out clubbing with all my group members. But during the day on Friday, I would go check out the, the mosque. I would go to the mosque. So it was like, okay, <laughs> I literally had to fi- figure out which way do I really want to go. I, too, was 19 20, 19, 20 years old by the time I lived on my own, um, which even that is something that's, that's kind of like a, a, a taboo topic in, in the religion of Islam of women living on their own if they're not married. So I was living on my own. Um, just doing my thing, and uh, it was while I was in living on my own, doing my thing, that I'm like, okay, uh, I need more. I need something more. And of course, you know, I too was just looking elsewhere, looking into other people for it. When it's been inside of us the entire time, we just literally had to look into it. We had to get quiet and and look into it. And I think one of those moments, the reason why I became, I had to become who I was because. In those moments of being that woman, you don't find your space. And I feel like there's no safe space for you because you either have to be here with the religious people or not even, I mean, everybody has their, but you know, people who just seem like they just never went that way, you know? And then it's like, then you have people who just never seem like they want to go that way. And then it's like, you have the middle people like us who is like, okay, well, I know like I was raised in this and I have that side of me, but I also have this side of me where I feel like I'm in a generation to where this is normal for us to go out and, 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 and party it's normal for us to smoke it's normal for us to drink you know so it's like and it's normal for us to love fashion to be out in the world for you to do marketing like we're muslim women live on our own it's normal so who do we find in, in a community that's safe for us to say hey sis like yeah you know i'm not gonna lie i got an itch i want to go out partying like and that person holds a safe space for you as a muslim it's like what that's how i don't want you around my this community you know so i felt like i had to become that safe space for a lot of young women to be like nah it's cool for you to be in that middle ground and find yourself but until then you have me to support you i'm not gonna shun you away from the religion i'm not gonna say you need to you know you're lost i'm just gonna be there to support you and that's why make it for your soul is here to be like hey girl i know you in a club right now but i'm gonna help you get out of that you know what i mean and or you know stuff like that where i know you're going through something deeper that's why i want to get to that and i see you absolutely yeah that's the most important thing of of community of having uh, not people who would just just about traumatize you for not practicing it um, the right way or the way that they know, because also there, it's different because there's different versions of it, depending on where you're from. Like both of us, this is a mutual conversation because we're both Black Southerners, right? If I just say that, we're Black American Southerners, but the it was different being in Ghana. Of course, they're, they're the people who were born in that religion. That's all they know. Like, so as soon as they come over 
this way, which is considered West. Then they say, oh, so y'all just could do whatever you want then, huh? <laughs> so it's, it's different as far as having also that sense of community because I've always tried to find that. I didn't have as many siblings as you. Part of me wishes I did, but I was like, um, I'm like the only one that was a Muslim out of my older siblings because my parents converted by the time, like, uh, well, they converted. So again, in Islam, you know that you can, um, men can marry uh, non-Muslim women, and but the women are supposed to marry Muslims or the men are supposed to convert. So it was that middle ground of my siblings knew about Islam, but they didn't have to practice it. So I was always looking for that community of sisterhood. So I found it. And uh, it was great. We were all seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old and just um, being little Muslim. We went to an Islamic camp together twice. But then, of course, the older you get, because they too, they were actually a family of eight. And it's the same thing of half of them were, were not, they were, none of them were born into the religion. Well, actually, I don't think maybe the younger two, but half of them were just, okay, at one point, we were practicing one religion, now we're practicing another. I'm going to I'm going to do what I want to do. So, of course, that caused a rift in our friendship. But that goes to show that if you don't have a stable community where you can fully learn and practice the religion, like, where else can you go? What else can you do except find it for yeah. yourself? Yeah, exactly. And I I truly found my, my identity, honestly, in, like, social media helped a big part of it. Because, like, when I decided to not be a part of it, I decided to not be a part of it. Meaning, like, I didn't really, like, everybody who I grew up with, I just kind of just went another way. You know, just kind of just went the opposite way of the Muslim community. Because I just felt like, you know, I couldn't find myself and still be in that community. Like, people, like, when you find yourself, you find yourself away why you find yourself. Compared to, like, I feel like, but it is because of, people just kind of, you could just tell the side looks people give you and how could you grow up like that? And you grew up like, I don't just don't understand. Instead of just embracing who you are, like, don't worry that I was in a strict family and now I'm like this. It doesn't matter. The point is I'm here and how, how are you supporting me? So I remember, you know, feeling like that. And I lost my chance off. <laughs> but yeah, because I see somebody outside and told them, what was I saying? So yeah, you answered the question of just feeling like, feeling well, so like, okay, how do I how do I, you know, get back to being me? How do I really find, embrace all those sides of me? Exactly, exactly. And and I think that's where I just decided, you know, just to define myself and, and figure out how. And I, oh yeah, I was saying like, I left, you know, left social media. That's what I was saying. So yeah. So once I decided that, you know what, I want to come back and I, I really want to find myself, but I know that I need to, I need help. I re-logged into the Facebook that I am now. This was a lot. I re-logged in and I just started seeing a lot of posts like that people were just sharing about Allah and how he's forgiven. And and honestly, the social media was my turning point. That and Yasmin Mujahid was two of my turning points to say, you know what? I want to do this thing all the way as a Muslim woman. And and, because I've already lived my life, even though I wasn't living my life as a Muslim woman, I think people knew that I was. But then I knew that I needed to add on that hijab and and just a little bit more to, to really represent. <laughs> absolutely and i think that's the thing like you have the name but that's what that's at least what people know about you they're like okay you must be muslim because you have this name um but then of course if those who don't fully know the religion say to non-muslim they're like okay so you have the name but are you muslim and then we're like yes. yeah but <laughs> so yeah of course the signs, talk- are, the signs are everywhere <laughs> yeah and i talk about that in the book too i talk about um I've mentioned one part where I said, you know how you going somewhere and your ID, you got on the hijab and you sitting there with no hijab. They're like, 
what's going on? Like, how you walking over here with your ID? Clearly, you know, but you know, it's just an identity thing that we go through. And, um, and yeah, so I get that. I know that feeling a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think for me, my turning point was I knew I already knew that I wanted to get married at a young age, not necessarily for cultural religious privacy. That's just who I am. Um, and so I ended up marrying a West African who was born Muslim. He was born into the religion, born and raised, never left it. Um, so it was different. It was definitely um, an interesting discovery of myself as well. The moment I'm because this was at the point where I'm rediscovering myself. I come across him just as I, I literally just finished being young, rod, and free, like three months prior. So I, I you know, what? meet him, and he's like, okay, we got to play, we got to play. Hmm? You said you had just finished doing what, three months before? Young, that? wild, and free. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and so by the time I meet him, he's all like, okay, we got to play, we got to play, or... Did you, yes. or did you do this? Did you do that? And I'm just like, um, and so at least he was um, embracing and an understanding of sometimes I wear the hijab, sometimes I won't, sometimes I wear it, you know, not full. And so he was embracing of that. But when it came for everything else, like, you know, making sure you're praying on time and are you going to fast and are you going to do this? And so it was like, okay, I got to rediscover myself really quick. And so that was great. I mean, even though, that was a short five years of my life. I learned a lot. And I feel like even now, now that I'm able to uh, practice it again for myself, not just because being married is half of your religion, I'm able to practice it for myself. So uh, let's talk about that. I know you two were also married and briefly divorced. So you want to talk about that experience of how, how Islam played in a role for you for that? Yes. So I'll talk about, um, so I'll talk about, well, okay. So I'll get into one because one honestly happened when I was uh, 18. I remember just like brushing into something. I, you know, I met someone and it was just a lot going on. I feel like I did it more so just to, cause for my parents and because I didn't know what else there was to do other than get married. You know, when you don't ha have too much people supporting dreams or really pushing you to say, Hey, you got talent and you can really do something with your life. When people really just kind of like, all they talk about is marriage or when are you going to get married and when are you going to find you a man you know you just kind of feel like that's the next thing before you do even though i knew that i had so much more to offer but that's all you could see physically even though i'm like man i might be insane or something because i can't see but i know that i'm going to do something bigger than what just get married or you know and i, I was one at that but so i ended up 18 ended up doing that and now and when i went into that one i think i learned that i definitely was let's see, I definitely was escaping from something, definitely was still in a lot of trauma, um, definitely did not know how to love, and I thought it was weird because of the way I grew up, um, and definitely just looking to explore. Like I said, I think I, I was just one of those girls, I knew I was going to travel everywhere, I knew I was going to speak to a lot of people, and, and just having that, nobody understand me in that, it was really hard. So then the second time, so from there, I was just like, okay, I don't want to do this, I was really young, I knew I wasn't ready. After that, the second time was just like, it was the real deal. It showed me why, you know, I wasn't married to begin with, I guess. And it was because there's a lot of things, and, and it's sad to talk about, but I'm just going to speak my truth, you know? And it's a lot of things a woman looks for in a man, and only because she looked, she found, she saw that in another man. And that's just, you know, father figures, the men, the men that were in your life. And so, I got with this one. Woo, Allah. He showed me like, okay, you, you, you still got a lot of stuff that you're looking for, 
that is not healthy for you, but I'm about to show you. And he literally showed me. He was like, you want this type of man? Why? Because you saw this when you was growing up and you want that. I'm showing you. I'm trying to keep you away from this type of man, but you try, you keep chasing after these uh, emotionally available men, um, abusive, just, just not who I know that I deserve. And, but that's what I wanted or that's what I was subconsciously looking for. And so when I got into that, I really had to sit within myself and say, well, how, why do I keep attracting this type and why? And then that's when I had to go back and really just open up about my childhood and um, feel that pain that I just suppressed for a long time and that I blamed for myself and why I never felt loved, why I, you know, never had that father daughter relationship, you know, why do I, why was I kind of isolated? And it, um, and it taught me that I wanted to break generational curse right then and there. And I will never, inshallah never let myself be that low in a relationship again. This episode is sponsored by my new book called Seeing Life Through a Different Lens, a survivor's memoir on overcoming adversity with resilience. You can visit ZakiraNayar.com. Absolutely. We all got to learn from somewhere, some experience, and some of them just kind of shake you to that core, especially depending on who you find uh, to marry and be that mate. Because that's the thing about marriage also. Marriage is... is, is is no game, <laughs> you know, it's like you're literally um, opening up your soul to someone else. And because they see you every day, that they see things that your close friends, your girlfriend don't even see. So they, they will literally shake your core. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's like I said, when we're looking for, like when we don't have those healthy models to look look for we we just look for the same things we grew up in and sometimes that's not that that's not healthy for us sometimes we have to change the narrative of who we want to you know bring into our life and not go through that same familiar pain because we're very familiar and so if anybody been through it y'all i i definitely went through that and that was just like another awakening moment in my life to say you know what from here on out like i that just gave me more ammo to be my complete self because you know that it, it it was that was gonna change me a lot. I think that was gonna be my end 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 all be all if I allowed myself to kind of stay weak in that situation and not realize my worth as a woman. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, tell us about any time that you've experienced either colorism, sexism, discrimination. Because like I said, we wear many hats as a black woman, as a Muslim woman, and as a woman, period. So tell us about any time that you've overcome any of those challenges. Um, I would say I haven't, I haven't had that experience, like a main experience that I remember exactly just yet. Um, like I said, because, you know, growing up being homeschooled, you automatically got saved a lot from that, you know. So it's just very sheltered. So And I feel like even in, the times when it did happen, I probably didn't catch it too too much. But you know, now I just honestly, alhamdulillah, it didn't happen to where I feel like I remember something too much. But if I had to say sexism, you know, that's always a thing. You know, that's why I just I want to like make money and I want to just like support women because that's like something that we just I had to go through, especially being you know a young woman on your own. Like that's all you go through, even at jobs, um, work. You know, even when I say I don't shake hands, now people want to see me as a challenge to shake hands and or you know not get certain opportunities or you know the first thing I'm trying to come in as business minded and people trying to you know come in as like as something different or you're flirting with me and, you know that's why I took covering more serious because I'm just like yeah I don't you know working with men especially when I was in like doing music and stuff like that it was so hard for me to really just kind of like be taken serious you know as a woman and so oh, absolutely, I think, yeah the music industry 
yeah. uh, still so very male dominated. But what's yeah. so weird is though, what was weird for me, um, I shared this and I was in my cousin's podcast. Um, she she has a podcast called Bible at the Back. And so we were literally just talking about just how men and women think differently. So I was covering, but I was married and people saw that ring and they were still flirting. I'm like, okay, what is this about? So so I'm like, I'm glad that you, you still, I, I'm glad that I still seem attractive. That's great. But it, it's just so weird of the being in the entertainment industry. Um, of, it is. Yeah. Colorism, um, you know, it, it didn't, you know, like I said, you know, it, no one attacked me personally on it. But you saw, like, we see it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's just like, for me, it's more intuition type things where I'm like, oh, I can't put my, my hand on it. But you got a feeling that somebody might be trying to, like, discriminate with you just because of, oh, you might be light skinned or you might be black or, you know, stuff like that. But I never really got that full blown experience. And I pray I don't. But at the same time, I know that I'm about to be out more. And now, you know, when you out more and you're doing business, that's when you really start seeing discrimination. And before, you know, I've been in the shadows a lot, just doing a lot of my inner shadow work. So um, I wasn't able to, like, as like I said, humbly, I wasn't able to, I don't have a specific like traumatic story with that, but I'm pretty sure it's happening all the time. I have gut feelings though. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's coming, girl. Um, I, I released my book, what, four? No, now it's almost six, seven months before you did. So I I haven't had to be out there yet, but that's the thing about releasing a book. Releasing a book is, is, is a slow journey. It's a slow uh, process. So it's going to come and the people are going to come. And it's different for me because I'm also, you know, not only am I an empath and in tune to other people, I also love hugs. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I love hugs. But you got, I had to learn to be careful about hugging the opposite sex because they'd be like, ooh, I want this body. And I'm like, okay, no, I'm just, mm-mm, nope. Mm-mm. So, yeah. So let's talk about your book. Let's talk about why the title Makeup for Your Soul Beauty. If I had to, like, right now, a picture that came in my head was just being, um, I remember being young and always, like, I would always be in the mirror. But not in the mirror just because of, like, beauty and makeup, but also because I always just, speak i would just randomly just start giving some type of tutorial in the mirror i don't i don't remember i think i could be just on top of my head talking about cooking or something i did that day but literally as a kid i always be i would just stand in the mirror and just as i'll be fixing my hair i'll be talking kind of like if you were doing a youtube video except youtube wasn't out and i wasn't i didn't even know that was a thing but i would do it um and then the people would say you always in the mirror you you know but it wasn't because of like i was just like ah you know i want to perfect my beauty i think it was just you know I just knew I was going to see my like, kind of how I'm looking at myself now talking about myself, you know, and I see myself, I'm talking. That's how it was as a kid. But to other people, they just saw me standing in the mirror. So I would always do that a lot. And, um, and I've always drawn to, you know, looking good and being presentable and fashion and, and, um, a lot of different things that I feel like as a Muslim woman is so like people would try to limit it a lot. But I think that's where it, it got. And then, but all my, you know, icons and or the women who are doing their thing today, that's who they are. That's that's what they're representing. And so I wanted to, you know, I, the lifestyles that they were living and the influencers. And I was like, yo, like, that's me. I'm that, too, as well. That's what I always see myself. But, you know, as a Muslim woman, again, it's like very shunned. Any little thing you show a lip gloss is like, oh, that's haram, you know. So it just never set well with me. Um, and then when I saw I started. I was just like, whatever. I'm, I just don't want to be Muslim because I know this is the type of woman I am. I like fashion. I like beauty. I like makeup. I like all that. Maybe I'm just not supposed to be Muslim or something. Maybe it just don't sit well with me. But when I told you, like I said, I found myself again. Um, 
and I was just like, okay, well, like, what if we can just make sure that, cause then when I talk about, talk to people like, well, why is looking good, you know, bad? Well, it's all about what's in the inside and, you know, they give you this whole spiel. And so I'm like, okay, well, why, why can't we put both together? Why can't it be this? Like, why can't you just have both in your life? Why do we always got to compare every little thing? Like, oh, if you want to be beautiful on the inside, then forget about the outside and, you know, vice versa. And when I was thinking about writing a book for women, I was just like, well, what do we like right now? And I thought about, well, we like, we, we like to look good. We like to look good. We like to feel good. What do I like to do? I like to apply makeup. When I go outside, I like to put a little thing, put, put it on and I feel more confident. And so I was like, okay, well, let's play around with makeup. And how can I make that into something more deeper? Because I love creating deeper perspectives. And I just was like, makeup, okay, fine. And I just thought about makeup for your soul. I, I think I prayed on it. And then the title came to my head. Once the title came, I knew it was e an easy book because I just said, you know, I'll go down with all the applications, turn every application into something that's inner beauty. And that way I'm connecting both. So you can't say like, oh, you're not talking about outer beauty, inner beauty. I can't now create a, a gap because I seen there was a gap. Pretty much there was a gap between both of these worlds that I wanted to come together and bring them both together and kind of unite everybody who team inner beauty, team outer beauty. I want to unite everybody together. And so I knew that this would be a book of uniting and connecting and just bringing that world together. And this is only the start. This is just the foundation of the image I want everybody to see for the brand. But the overall brand is really just filling in that gap that I feel like the world has lost. I look forward to reading it, and I know it's definitely for all the queens all around the world, no matter what you're practicing, no matter where you live, no matter how you grew up, it's definitely a little bit of something for everybody. So I definitely look forward to reading it. Yeah, and it's like, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, I'm not into makeup. That's why I don't, you know, you know, well, I, and, and I tell people, I say, you know, it's, it's totally not about that. You know, it, it's a metaphor. You know, makeup is the metaphor because makeup, you know, it's so many different things. I think that's what I'm saying because when we hear the word makeup, we automatically think of that. And so I want to change that. I want to, when I, I want to change the metaphor, I want to know, I want people hear makeup. I want people to think of like, Oh, I need to have my, my character together as well. You know what I mean? And so when you hear makeup, you go, Oh, I, yeah, I, I wear makeup. It may not be the product, but I wear makeup of my soul. Like I can be a part of that. You know what I mean? So I just kind of bring that kind of concept out. So when we say makeup, it's more of a self-development, yeah, but of course I will have a actual makeup brand. But when I say makeup, MFYS, makeup for your soul, you automatically would think of more of a just this overall beauty inside and out. And then even if you wear little of chapstick, lipstick, it's makeup. It's a part of you, and we have a lipstick chapter, so you could always, you know, relate to one chapter. And I'm, you know, super excited to continue to start the journey. I wanted to read something from it, but yeah, okay. um, we have a minute. I don't know. Let's see, um. We'll just read the first, the next chapter. This is a, also a picture in there. That's primer. Picture is um, that's the picture of me having primer. I think that was that's the second chapter. The first chapter was to clean your face. Second chapter is primer. Um, but yes, yeah, you can see that's how it will look. And it says outer beauty primer is used to keep every other product strong through any type of weather, good or bad. It sticks everything together. And inner beauty. In order to make your life come together, you have to make your daily prayers, no matter if things seem good or bad, because it will keep everything together. So I go in and talk about um, prayers. I don't know how much time we have, but I just wanted to share that. But yeah, and I go in and talk about prayer and how I had to come back to prayer and how I just didn't pray for a long time. And 
what it felt like and stuff like that. So that was, that's what the chapter primer would be about. Where can we find your book and your podcast on the web? I have right now I started um, Anchor. So I will have it on my website on Linktree. It's called MFY is Beauty. That's the name of the podcast. Like I said, it's going to be on Linktree. And then also, if you go to my Instagram and you type in Khadijah Abdul Aziz, and I, I should spell that right, or gonna type it in. Yeah, spell your name. Khadijah spelled differently. Yeah. And so it's K H A D I J A H A B D U L A Z E E Z. And if you type it in, that's my IG, and you'll get all the information on everything that I have going on. This is a new journey, so of course I don't have all the everything linked and everything intact, but it's all coming together. Perfect. Awesome. That was great. I'm sure my readers will love that, and they'll definitely look for uh, you on Instagram. They will look for your link tree. They'll look for your Amazon link. and Yeah, and also the, the website is going to be up very soon, so if you just save M-F-Y-S Beauty, dot com you should be able to check that in a couple of days and it should be up well congratulations on your author journey this is the beginning of a new journey that you can't even fathom i'm speaking from experience it's it's more than the books are always more than yourself and always more than you can imagine the many successes to you <laughs> thank you i appreciate that a whole lot this is a great conversation thank you so much for being here Thank you for listening to the Living Legacy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, follow, and download so you don't miss the next episode. If you want to learn more, you can visit ZakiraNayar.com. That's Z-A-A-K-I-R-A-H-N-A-Y-Y-A-R.com. Do you have any suggestions on a topic you want to be talked about? Send me an email or leave them in a review. If you love this episode, be sure to share it with your friends.